Chapter 7 of Mrs. Raffles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melissa Burns Price. Mrs. Raffles by John Kendrick Bangs. Chapter 7 The Adventure of Mrs. Rockerbilt's Tiara. Henriette had been unwontedly reserved for a whole week, a fact which was beginning to get sadly on my nerves, when she broke an almost sphinx-like silence with the extraordinary remark, "'Bunny, I am sorry, but I don't see any other way out of it. You must get married.' To say that I was shocked by the observation is putting it mildly. As you must by this time have realized yourself, there was only one woman in the world that I could possibly bring myself to think fondly of and that woman was none other than Henriette herself. I could not believe, however, that this was at all the notion she had in mind, and what little poise I had was completely shattered by the suggestion. I drew myself up with dignity, however, in a moment, and answered her. "'Very well, dear,' I said. "'Whenever you are ready, I am. You must have banked enough by this time to be able to support me in the style to which I am accustomed.' "'That is not what I meant, Bunny,' she retorted coldly, frowning at me. "'Well, it's what I mean,' said I. "'You are the only woman I ever loved.' "'But, Bunny, dear, that can come later,' said she, with a charming little blush. "'What I meant, my dear boy, was not a permanent affair, but one of these Newport marriages. "'Not necessarily for publication, but as a guarantee of good faith,' she explained.' "'I don't understand,' said I, affecting denseness, for I understood only too well. "'Stupid!' cried Henriette. "'I need a confidential maid, Bunny, to help us in our business, and I don't want to take a third party in at random. If you had a wife, I could trust her. You could stay married as long as we needed her, and then, following the Newport plan, you could get rid of her and marry me later.' "'That is, er, uh, provided I was willing to marry you at all, "'and I am not so sure that I shall not be some day "'when I am old and toothless. "'I fail to see the necessity for a maid of that kind,' said I. "'That's because you are a man, Bunny,' said Henriette. "'There are splendid opportunities for acquiring the gems "'these Newport ladies wear by one who may be stationed in the dressing-room. "'There is Mrs. Rockerbilt's tiara, for instance.' It is at present the finest thing of its kind in existence, and of priceless value. When she isn't wearing it, it is kept in the vaults of the Tiverton Trust Company, and how on earth we are to get at it without the assistance of a maid we can trust I don't see, except in the vulgar commonplace way of sandbagging the lady and brutally stealing it, and Newport society hasn't quite got to the point where you can do a thing like that to a woman without causing talk, unless you are married to her. "'Well, I'll tell you one thing, Henriette,' I returned, with more positiveness than I commonly show. "'I will not marry a lady's maid, and that's all there is about it. You forget that I am a gentleman.' "'It's only a temporary arrangement, Bunny,' she pleaded. "'It's done all the time in the smart set.' "'Well, the morals of the smart set are not my morals,' I retorted. "'My father was a clergyman, Henriette, and I am something of a churchman myself, and I won't stoop to such baseness.' "'Besides, what's to prevent my wife from blabbing when we try to ship her?' Hm, mused Henriette. "'I hadn't thought of that. It would be dangerous, wouldn't it?' "'Very,' said I. 
the only safe way out of it would be to kill the young woman and my religious scruples are strongly against anything of the sort you must remember henriette that there are one or two of the commandments that i hold in too high esteem for me to break them then what shall we do bunny demanded mrs van raffles i must have that tiara well there's an old amateur theatrical method said i have a little play here reproduce mrs rockerbilt's tiara in paste for one of the characters to wear substitute the spurious for the real and there you are that is a good idea said henriette only i hate amateur theatricals i'll think it over a few days later my mistress summoned me again bunny you used to make fairly good sketches didn't you she asked pretty good said i chiefly architectural drawings however details of facades and ornamental designs just the thing cried henriette to-night mrs rockerbilt gives a moonlight reception on her lawns they adjoin ours she will wear her tiara and i want you when she is in the gardens to hide behind some convenient bit of shrubbery and make an exact detail sketch of the tiara understand i do said i don't you miss a ruby or a diamond or the teeniest bit of filigree bunny get the whole thing to a carrot she commanded and then i asked excitedly bring it to me i'll attend to the rest said she you may be sure that when night came i went at the work in hand with alacrity it was not always easy to get the right light on the lady's tiara but in several different quarters of the garden i got her sufficiently well though unconsciously posed to accomplish my purpose once i nearly yielded to the temptation to reach my hand through the shrubbery and snatch the superb ornament from mrs rockerbilt's head for she was quite close enough to make this possible but the vulgarity of such an operation was so very evident that i put it aside almost as soon as i thought of it and i have always remembered dear old raffles remark take everything in sight bunny he used to say but damn it do it like a gentleman not a professional the sketch made i took it to my room and colored it so that night when henriette returned i had ready for her a perfect pictorial representation of the much coveted bauble it is simply perfect bunny she cried delightedly as she looked at it you have even got the sparkle of that incomparable ruby in the front next morning we went to new york and henriette taking my design to a theatrical property man we knew on union square left an order for its exact reproduction in gilt and paste i am going to a little fancy dress dance mr sykes she explained as queen catherine of russia and this tiara is a copy of the very famous lost negligee crown of that unhappy queen do you think you can let me have it by tuesday next easily madame said sykes it is a beautiful thing and it will give me real pleasure to reproduce it i'll guarantee it will be so like the original that the queen herself couldn't tell them apart it will cost you forty-eight dollars agreed said henriette and sykes was true to his word the following tuesday afternoon brought to my new york apartment for of course mrs raffles did not give sykes her right name an absolutely faultless copy of Mrs. Rockerbilt's chiefest glory. It was so like that none but an expert in gems could have told the copy from the original, and when I bore the package back to Newport and displayed its contents to my mistress, she flew into an ecstasy of delight. 
"'We'll have the original in a week if you keep your nerve, Bunny,' she cried. "'Theatricals?' said I. "'No, indeed,' said Henriette. "'If Mrs. Rockerbilt knew this copy was in existence, "'she'd never wear the other in public again as long as she lived, "'without bringing a dozen detectives along with her. "'No, indeed. A dinner. "'I want you to connect the electric lights at the dining-room "'with the push-button at my foot, "'so that any moment I can throw the dining-room into darkness.' Mrs. Rockerbilt will sit at my left, Tommy Dare to the right. She will wear her famous coiffure, surmounted by the tiara. At the moment you are passing the poisson, I will throw the room into darkness, and you— I positively decline, Henriette, to substitute one tiara for another in the dark. Why, darn it all, she'd scream the minute I tried it, I protested. Of course she would, and that's why I don't propose any such idiotic performance she said impatiently you will merely stumble in the dark and manage your elbow so awkwardly that mrs rockerbilt's coiffure will be entirely disarranged by it she will scream of course and i will instantly restore the light after which i will attend to the substitution now don't fail me and the tiara will be ours i stand ready with affidavits to prove that the dinner was the most exciting affair of my life at one time it seemed to me that I could not possibly perform my share of the conspiracy without detection. But a glance at Henriette, sitting calmly and coolly, and beautiful too, by Gad at the head of the table, chatting as affably with the Duke of Snario and Tommy Dare, as though there was nothing in the wind, nerved me to action. The moment came, and instantly, as I leaned over Mrs. Rockerbilt's side with the fish platter in my hand, out went the light crash went my elbow into the lady's stunning coiffure her little well-modulated scream of surprise rent the air and flash back came the lights again all was as henriette had foretold mrs rockerbilt's lovely blonde locks were frightfully demoralized and the famous tiara with it had slid a slant athwart her cheek dear me cried henriette rising hurriedly and full of warm sympathy how very awkward oh don't speak of it laughed mrs rockerbilt amiably it is nothing dear mrs van raffles these electric lights are so very uncertain these days and i am sure james is not at all to blame for hitting me as he has done it's the most natural thing in the world only may i please run upstairs and fix my hair again you most certainly shall said henriette and i will go with you my dear emily i am so mortified that if you will let me do penance in that way i will myself restore order out of this lovely chaos the little speech was received with the usual hilarious appreciation for which follows anything out of the usual course of events in high social circles. Tommy Dare gave three cheers for Mrs. Van Raffles, and Mrs. Gramps Ursy Van Pelt, clad in a gorgeous red costume, stood up on a chair and toasted me in a bumper of champagne. Meanwhile, Henriette and Mrs. Rockerbilt had gone above. "'Isn't it a beauty, Bunny?' said henriette the next morning as she held up the tiara to my admiring gaze a flashing coruscating bit of the jeweller's art that i verily believe would have tempted the soul of honour itself into rascally ways magnificent i asserted but which is this the forty-eight dollar one or the original the original said henriette caressing the bauble you see when we got to my room last night and i had mrs rockerbilt sitting before the mirror 
and despite her protestations was fixing her dishevelled locks with my own fair hands i arranged to have the lights go out just as the tiara was laid on the dressing-table the copy was in the table drawer and while my right hand was apparently engaged in manipulating the refractory light and my voice was laughably calling down maledictions upon the electric lighting company for its wretched service my left hand was occupied with the busiest effort of its career in substituting the spurious tiara for the other and mrs rockerbilt never even suspected no said henriette in fact she placed the bogus affair in her hair herself as far as her knowledge goes i never even touched the original well you're a wonder henriette said i with a sigh still if mrs rockerbilt should ever discover she won't bunny said henriette she'll never have occasion to test the genuineness of her tiara these newport people have other sources of income than the vulgar pawn-shops but alas later on henriette made a discovery herself that for the time being turned her eyes red with weeping the rockerbilt tiara itself was as bogus as our own copy there wasn't a real stone in the whole outfit and the worst part of it was that under the circumstances henriette could not tell anybody over the teacups that mrs rockerbilt was in vulgar parlance putting up a shine on high society End of chapter 7 Recording by Melissa Burns Price, Winchester, Virginia